Hello, and welcome to Right Now with Ralph Martin, a podcast where author, speaker, and worldwide renewal leader, Dr. Ralph Martin, shares what the Holy Spirit is stirring up in the church right now. Words of encouragement from the Lord to strengthen you for such a time as this. We are glad you can be with us this week as we seek to encourage you for this moment in history. And now, your host, Ralph Martin. Hello, brothers and sisters. I don't want to delay any longer sharing something with you that's very much on my heart. The theme that I feel like I'd like to talk to you about today that the Lord's put on my heart, it's been on my heart for several days, is this. The title of the talk could be, Remember, God is love, and he never stops loving. You know, we've been talking about some tough things lately. We've been talking about the increasing hostility in the culture. We've been talking about uh, confusion in the church. We've been talking about lawlessness in the streets. Uh, We've been talking about other things too, but that's the background for what we're talking about. How can we stand strong uh, in the midst of what we're facing right now? I think we need a little reminder today that we are loved, that God is love, and he never stops loving us. And that love is absolutely personal. If, if I knew the name of each of you who are watching this video right now, I would, or, or audio or the podcast, I would say, you are loved, Harry. You are loved, Lucy. You are loved, John. You are loved, Peter. You are loved, Thomas. You are loved, Anne. You are loved, Mary. You are loved, Susan. You are loved. How do we recognize this love? How do we know this love? Well, I think we sometimes skip over the first sign of his love. We exist. We've been created. God loves us so much that he actually brought us into existence, that he wants us, God wants us. If we're alive, God wants us. He loves us. What he sees in us is good. When God looked at his creation, he said, it is good. There's something fundamentally good about us because God created us. Also, sometimes we skip over the fact that he created the universe for us. This whole immense, beautiful universe of galaxies, the Milky Way, and lots of other galaxies, and billions and billions and billions of stars, and this perfect little solar system that has been just perfectly created to support our life. Our sun, the other planets in our solar system, have been perfectly created by God to support and sustain life. You know, astronomers say that the chances of this being by chance are very, very low. Everything had to be just right. The tilt of the Earth's axis, the distance of the sun, to promote human life. God arranged this for us, the whole universe for us. Sometimes we also skip over some of the continual signs of his love, like, you know, I don't know about you, but today in Michigan, the sun is shining. Uh, Today in Michigan, there's little rabbits running across lawns and there's little squirrels in backyards. And there's birds. You know, one, one time somebody came, came up with a slogan saying, take the time to stop and smell the flowers. And if you've got hay fever, you probably don't want to smell the flowers. But 
Look at the flowers. Look at them. There's such a, a variety. There's such an array of them. There, there's so many of them. Even dandelions are beautiful. You know, uh, there's, there's just we're just surrounded by so many signs of beauty, of life, of intelligence, of uh, the creative energies of God and the creator, creative creativity of God and the creative energies of God. Yes, you know, the philosophers ask this question, and it's a question that they can't answer. Here's the philosopher's question. Why is there something rather than nothing? They can't answer the question, but you know the answer to the question is, it's because God loved us, and he wanted to share his goodness with us. He wanted to share his love with us. He wanted to share his life with us. And, and have you ever thought about that what the scripture says that we've been created in God's own image. There's something actually God-like about us. It's, it's our hearts, it's our minds, it's our souls, it's our bodies. There's something about us that mirrors forth the goodness and love, intelligence of God. So we know the answer to questions the philosophers ask and can't answer. Why is there something rather than nothing? It's simply because he loves us and he wants to be more of us. He wants to be more of us. And he surrounded us with beauty and love. He surrounded us with signs of his immense power and immense goodness and immense creativity, his immense holiness. Yes, we should feel something when we look at the stars, when we can see them. We should feel something when we look at a bird, we should feel something when we look closely at a flower. We're seeing something of God himself, but when we look at each other, there's a specialness about the human creation. We've been created in the image of God. Now, I know that some of you listening to this or watching this right now are experiencing pain and suffering, sometimes very great pain and suffering. Pain and suffering from illness, from sickness, from extremely painful relationships, extremely great disappointments, perhaps about what's happening to our children or grandchildren, extremely maybe even fear about what's going on in the world and the church. And there's, there's something that runs through this beautiful creation, including this beautiful human creation, that it's just wrong. It's just wrong. It's just ruining everything. It's just taking off the the beauty from life, it's running through it, it's running, it's ruining it. But here's where we experience and encounter more love. Even though our parents, Adam and Eve, foolishly and tragically fell for the big lie, the devil told them, what's the lie the devil used? You shall be like gods. You don't need God. Declare your independence. You can taste good and evil when you declare your independence from God. And unfortunately, that's what they did. And that's what they tasted. Along with the good, there came evil. There came death. There came sickness and suffering. There came horrible hostility between human beings. Cain killed his brother Abel, and that was the fruit of rebellion against God, and it still is the fruit. Mary, when she was communicating to uh, Jacinta at Fatima, told her, wars are a punishment for sin. 
Sin is at the root of all the evil in the world. Sin is at the root of all our suffering, all our unhappiness, not just personal sin, but the sin of our collective race that corporately rebelled against God. But we're going to run into love again. Every time we run into evil, every time we run into suffering, we're going to run into his love because he never abandons us. He never abandons his creation. He never stops trying to heal, to save, to forgive. John chapter 3, verse 16. God loved the world so much that he didn't leave us in our sin, didn't leave us in our death, but he sent us his only son. Oh, we could meditate on that, those few words for the rest of our life. God loved us so much that he sent his only son, mm, 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 that whoever would believe in him would not perish, but have eternal life. What, what a gift. There's healing for our, our sickness. There's healing for our sin. There's a remedy for our death. It's Jesus. Jesus is the remedy. Jesus is the medicine. Jesus is God's provision for bringing us back to paradise. When you're suffering, when you're experiencing excruciating pain, whether it's mental or emotional or physical, try to look at the cross of Christ and the extreme pain he was experiencing that even crucifixes can't fully depict. The extreme pain of being crucified by his creatures, creatures whom he created and who he's dying for. Try to look at the cross and know that God himself took on the extremity of our pain, even death, even abandonment, even rejection by his friends, even denial by Peter, who he planned to build the church on, even rejection by the religious leaders of his own people, even rejection by the people who were cheering him when he entered Jerusalem a few days earlier, the fickle crowds, the fickle hearts of human beings he was willing to endure so that whoever turns to him or believes in him will not end in death, will not end in pain, will not end in hostility and separation from God and separation from those that also love God, but will have eternal life. Oh, it's so easy to say the words eternal life, but wow, what an amazing gift, a rescue, a provision, a medicine, a solution, a salvation, a reconciliation, a deification that lifts us far above flesh and blood and transforms our flesh and blood into the risen reality of Jesus' resurrection. Oh, stop and think about that for a minute. Eternal life. Not just life that goes on forever, which is <clears throat> an amazing gift, but a blessed life, a sanctified life, a redeemed life, a transfigured life, like the transfiguration. What love, what love. Let's just for a moment take a look at John chapter 4.
Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. He who does not, and he who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. We're loved, but we have to love. The love with which we're loved is enough to forgive our sins, to heal our hearts, to heal the deepest wounds and allow us to forgive those who have most offended us, most betrayed us, most deeply hurt us. In this, the love of God was made manifest to us, that God sent his only begotten son into the world so that we might live through him. And this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as to be the expiation for our sins. If God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No man has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. If, if, if you can't forgive somebody, if there's hostility in your heart, if there's deep wounds in your heart, if there's deep sorrow in your life, if, if there's deep pain in your heart, ask God to show you how much you are loved and how much pain he went through for this, your sins to be forgiven and you to be given eternal life. And forgive that person. Forgive that person who so hurt you so that you can have a clear conscience when we appear before the judgment seat of Christ and are judged by the one who loves us more than anybody loves us. And let's take a little look at, finally, at 1 John chapter 3. See what love the Father has given us, that we should be called children of God. And so we are. Isn't it something to come into God's family? You know, for those who believe in Jesus, they, we, we become sons and daughters of God. We, we are given eternal life. What, what an amazing thing to belong to God's family. I want you to know today that if you believe in Jesus, if you've been baptized, if you're living in his grace, you belong to God's family. You've been brought into the family. You are accepted. You are loved. You will be totally transformed in the resurrection of the body. Oh, my goodness, what a hope we have. What a gift we've been given. What we have to look forward to. And listen to this. Beloved, we are God's children now. It does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. Right now, we're God's children. When he returns in glory, when we're raised from the dead, it's going to be something even greater than that something that scripture refers to as being made partakers of the divine nature, sharing in some way in in God, sharing in some way in his nature, participating in the amazingly, transcendently beautiful, transcendently intense, transcendently truthful, transcendently holy life of God, 
So brothers, take heart. Remember, you are loved. Remember, God is love, and he never stops loving. He will never stop loving you. Nothing can ever separate us from the love of Christ, except if we would reject it and turn away from it. If you turned away, if you rejected it, please come home today. Please kneel down and ask God for forgiveness and tell him you want to come back into the family. If it's a serious sin, if you're a Catholic, you need to go to confession. But what a wonderful thing that is to hear the priest say, I absolve you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. It's not just a man saying that, it's Jesus saying that to you. He brings you back into the family. If you've never left the family, but you're in pain right now, you're suffering right now, you're sick right now, there's a deep pain of rejection right now. Know that the Lord is standing by you. He will never stop loving you. He will be with you in your pain. Join your pain to his pain and let it be something for the salvation of the world. Join with the pain of Jesus for the redemption of sinners, for reparation for sin, for conversion, for salvation. Again, if I could say each of your names, I would say them. I would say, remember Larry, remember George, remember Sarah, remember Amy. He will never stop loving you. He calls you by name. He cherishes you. He created you in his his image, and now he's restoring his likeness in you through the slow work of grace, through faith, through God's word, through the sacraments. Remember God is love, and he will never stop loving you. This podcast is brought to you by Renewal Ministries, part of the Renewal Podcast Network. For more information about Renewal Ministries, visit our website at renewalministries.net. Join us next week to find strength, hope, and courage for the Christian journey. Until next time, this is Right Now with Ralph Martin.